Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessories, Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on? Facebook Live, YouTube. How we doing? Got a full house tonight. I think we may even have one or two others uh, jumping in here tonight. But we got some of the boys in the house. Mr. Randall, how you doing? Hola, muchacho. You uh, still surviving from uh, the old COVID? That's fine. I'm all good. <laughs> I'm all good. It was dull. It was like, his, you know, it was... <laughs> You know, basically nothing. I'm not going to say it's nothing for everybody, but, you know. Right, right, right. <clears throat> we got uh, Mr. Boss in the house. How you doing, Mr. Feather and Fur? What is going on, everyone? You know, living the dream Thursday night live. Got a cocktail nice. in hand. There you go. There you go. That a boy. And Mr. Dustin Doodoo Nichols from Texas. What up, yo? Yo, what's going on now? Uh, what's up, just, man? Uh, trying to wind down ever some long shifts at work so uh, yeah man shut down you, you schedule sucks <laughs> that's all i gotta say should be up at fork right now but yeah i hear you man i well so should i and i'm kind of upset with myself that i changed my mind and went to Kissimmee instead so but i mean i guess it's going to be pretty much the same right like you guys got a bunch of weather moving in down there ain't it dude yeah um the ramps were iced over this afternoon <laughs> Oh really? How fun is that going to be trying to scoot your kayak down that on a 
Well, so is that slide nice and on easy a catch cart or a, another type of cart out there? You're going to be sledding. Just is drop it? it. Just put it in on top and just scoot and just <laughs> like a freaking bobsled down that thing. Is that, is that technically icy? Yeah, is that technically hell freezing over? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that kind of leads into one of the topics I had uh, to talk about um, because. Like I've seen a lot of chatter about the weather with Texas and Bass not pro- postponing the event, and then uh, it was the same thing at Kissimmee because uh, day one it was like twenty to twenty-five mile an hour winds, up to forty mile an hour gusts, cold temps, and then I think it was Sunday morning, like the morning was supposed to start out at twenty-five degrees, and people were like, you know, should. Uh, should they have like postponed or canceled the yep. events? Like to me, I was like, man up, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm from the North. Right. And I, I think a lot of the complaints were from people from the South and I'm, I'm not trying to come down on you folks, but like, w- what is your guys's threshold? Because like really with those winds, if you stay, if you like, I could see if you were trying to fish an offshore spot, True. Like definitely not happening, right? And you know, for the most part, people were in shallow. But uh, I mean, what's your guys's threshold? Like, where like if they're like, "Yep, tournament's on," and you're like, "Nope, I'm out of here." Like, I mean, I was fine with the winds, the temps. Like I said, I'm from the north. Like, I had left negative twenty degree weather, so I was like, thirty degrees, let's go. It's like <laughs> you know, summer. But- it's like summer. <laughs> but I remember uh, it was the first KBF event I fished in Kansas that morning. It was like same thing, like 30 mile an hour winds. And that's when I met Sam Jones and Alan Reed. And I remember Sam was paddling a bonafide SS 127. I, I had a motor on mine and I remember thinking all day, like Sam Jones is dead somewhere. Like, <laughs> I, I saw him in a bay at the end of the day and he's like, couldn't go to my spot man because he was going to go across the lake and he's like i tried i got halfway and like got freaked out and turned around but like what's what's your guys's threshold where you're just like nope not even gonna go we'll start we'll start with jay my threshold i don't know as soon as i start moving i, I get pretty warm so um <laughs> i don't know i mean too cold on water though i mean i'm not a big fan of doing the dry suit thing anyway so I'd say 45. Well, I mean, you got a lot you know, of tournaments that happen in fall where you're getting those low temps. I know we had that up at yeah. lacrosse one time uh, for a tournament where mm-hmm. I think it was like 30 degrees. It might have even been sleeting in the morning or something, but, yeah, you know, like, I'm I get a, it. I'm not a fan. I mean, we're just so close to the – like, if I was in a boat, I think we, it would be, a you know, a different – I mean, I'd be like, fine, whatever. It can be cold. I've done musky fishing in like 25 degrees, but in a boat, but a kayak, you're so close to that water. Right. And, you know, I mean, not that I've ever fallen over, but, you know, there's always a chance of something happening. And I just don't feel like dealing. Well, and then after watching Steve dump his in the Snake River, when it was super cold at one time, of course, you know, he was in a, uh, uh, what's called a dry suit, but. I mean, that's that's not a good time to me. It's just not. <laughs> like, I just don't. I'd rather be, like, in the woods or snowboarding. I don't know. You know? 
<laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I had the same thought on Kissimmee. I was like, man, if I was in a boat right now, I'd be totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> but like the wind was it was brutal, but I mean I dealt with it. I wasn't I wasn't scared. <laughs> but what about you, Hurley Boss? I'm I'm working on it, man. I got an answer for you. I've almost got it done. It's it's gonna I'm gonna share a picture. He's saying he's working on it. No, he's like I am, I am when I had to break through like three inches of ice. Yeah, he's like the most north of all of us. This answers the entire question. Oh, is that cold enough for you yet? See, I'm like uh, I don't know, man. Yeesh. I mean, breaking ice in the morning. I mean, I'm a duck hunter, though, right? So I'm not out there fishing, but I'm out there duck hunting. And I mean, breaking ice in the morning, snowing, wind blowing. I mean, it was actually relatively calm that day, but I mean, I don't know. I just send it. <laughs> <laughs> I just send it, eh? Send it. <laughs> yeah, bud. What about, uh, what about you, Dustin? Because you guys got some big open water down oh, in Texas, man. Hit or miss. I mean, I've held that tournament. I went up and fished in uh, for Northeast Texas Trail on Athens. It was uh, it was twenty seven that morning when we launched. Oof. I mean, but there was no wind. That yeah. makes a hell of a difference. Not dealing with the wind chill. That and the that water was huge. still the water was still sixty one. That was a real early front. They got pretty cool for one or two nights. Um, I see no problem with that. But when you're gonna wake up. Like I said, the ramps are freezing over. There's ice down the ramps, and you're going to play slip and slide with your kayak. That's not fun. Or that's not fun having a vehicle go into the water or something like that. Um, well, yeah, that's that's huge, man. I've seen videos of that, especially up north by Brad, where, like, guys are, like, <laughs> going to dump their boats into the ramp. And, you know, from the previous day, boats have gone in and out of the ramp. Obviously, trailers dropping water on the ramps, yep. and then like the next day, they go to back down, and it's just a sheet of ice and truck, trailer, boat, all in the drink, you know? Yeah. See, our water temps down here have had a little bit of a yo-yo effect, and then, and then, the inshore waters fishing. I mean, we we saw some mid forties and stuff, but I've launched, you know, with it 30, 32 with a little bit of wind and that, and not been in a dry suit. Yeah, call me crazy, but with lows in the teens and water temps in the 40s if you fall out of your boat and you run into a stump and go into the water and don't have dry clothes to get into within probably 20 minutes you're dead you start going into hypothermia yeah i taught water survival in the marine corps and remember it's not going to be pleasant when you your body locks up and you you start cramping up and you start going into hypothermia yeah. It won't be. I'm not saying, oh, what everybody say, oh, whatever. No, that stuff will grab a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, quick. But, and didn't we have a talk one time? Like, your threshold's a little different, I think, than most Southerners. Yeah. Like, where, when do you put on the NRS boots versus not? I'll put them on when the water's below, like, 62. I'll still oh, wear my, my water shoes when the water's 62, as long as it's still the, the air temp's about 62 or 65. See, it's still pretty cold. Yeah, I surfed. I, I surfed without I mean, booties until it was about fifty-seven. I'd yeah. have a wetsuit on, a three-two, and I'd have no booties on. I just, I like to feel my board, my connection with my surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can't stand surfing in booties. I would put it off See, as long as I could. That's a whole other level of being in the water. Did not handle it. In the water. Yeah. We'd have like a hood on. It's got like little muck in there. It's like, Whoo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That but just yeah, sounds I'm, I'm, so much fun. I mean, we send gotta, it, do whatever you got to do, but, but you know, be nice to have a dry suit and have, you know, have plenty of layers and have a bug out bag with a, something yeah. to start a fire if you have to. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> and sure. An extra pair of clothes and like one of them emergency space blankets or something. Yep. Some hand warmers and stuff. <laughs> Definitely have one of them. Uh, in my boat. We, we, we got a uh, Justin Faircloth in the chat. He says, what's up, Dustin Nichols? Oh, what's up, Justin? Yeah, it's uh it's unique, man. Like I've seen, I've just seen a lot of chatter, like early beginning part of the year, man, you're going to have sketch weather and, you know, like as a, as a tournament person or as a tournament director, like, you know, where do you draw the line? And that's always up in the air because say you postpone the tournament or whatever, like then you get the complaints. Well, well, I took time off. I'm here. I got work. I got to get back, like things like that. So like, it's, it's that game of give or take. Like, I think if the winds were 40 mile an hours instead of, you know, up to gusts, gust up to 40 miles an hour like that'd be a whole different scenario when it came to the kissemi event uh things like that but um yeah it's interesting man like i was i was just curious because there's been like i said there's been a lot of chitter chatter like folks are worried about driving through ice storms well leave a day early leave a day later like you know what i mean like uh nothing bass can do about the weather you know as far as fork but you know you bring up a good point Dustin, like I've seen some photos of like what fork normally looks like and what it looks like now. And there's like hundreds of stumps just sticking out of the water. And, um, you know, I've, me and Dan were talking about it on the fantasy show last night, like, uh, the over under on the number of, uh, Hobie fins that are going to be busted Mm -hmm. and the over under on the number of, uh xi3 props props (laughs) and torpedo props getting busted up but um yeah i think it's going to make for a unique situation down there but with the water levels low man i mean everything i've heard like fish are pretty schooled up and uh they're chomping chomping somebody will find them they're gonna put it put the hammer down on them for sure yeah hell yeah but just like you were talking about kissimmee that, that those gusts were 40 and I'm sure that wind down there played a factor in in people readjusting their launch sites and 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 yeah. you know readjusting their areas they were fishing, or they just battled through the wind, which apparently in the morning wasn't near as bad. It kind of picked up throughout the day and kind of switched around and got some east in it. So it kind of yeah yeah did some uh, weird stuff. Yeah, it it got pretty gnarly about nine nine o'clock I think it was, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at day one, I think half the field zeroed, and uh, a lot of people caught one, two fish. I think there was only 24, 25 limits caught. So, uh, it, it, and I saw true where I went. Um, you know, there was a bunch of us that left out of the main channel. Half of them were going up to Hatchahaw, the other half were going down to Lake Kissimmee. And, um, by i'd say 10 11 o'clock all those people were back in the marina fishing docks <laughs> oh yeah know? where so, was that out of uh 
we went out of Camp Mac, uh, okay. which is on a canal between Hatchahaw and uh, and uh, Lake Kissimmee. Lake Kissimmee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Jackson and Cypress down there last year. See, I, I know a lot of the big names were fishing around uh, those two lakes, Cypress mm-hmm. and Jackson. Um, I know the one day I went up and fished Gentry in on the way back to uh, Camp Mac, because that's where we were staying. Yeah, um, I passed a lot of those folks, and I know Jimmy pulled into the ramp at Cypress and saw like Cody Milton and a few other folks. So, yeah, um, they were they were kind of fishing up in those areas. So. That, that lake had some had some good stuff. I, I really like that. I just wish I could have got on a decent, more decent bite. Kind of moved out when I found them in the deeper grass. You know. Well, like we talked about last week on the show, you know, I was told before I went down there the problem with that that whole chain of lakes is everything looks good. Everything yes. looks like it holds yeah. fish. It does, and uh, it's definitely not true, <laughs> or definitely is true. Um, but those fish were kind of scattered about, but yeah, man. So interesting stuff, but, uh, real quick, man, we kind of skipped over some announcements. Uh, I was just on the phone with Susie who runs the fantasy kayak, uh, fishing league. Uh, she does all the work on the, on the back end of things right now. We got over 160 teams signed up, 160 teams signed up in that. And uh, uh, I forget who it was that just came out with an astounding lead of like 30-some thousand points because he had uh, a bunch of the uh, big finishers. But uh, if you guys aren't signed up yet, if you're listening on the podcast later, uh, the links will be in the show notes. I'll drop the links in the chat right now if you guys are watching live. Um, You guys can still get signed up if uh, you haven't seen all the info. The link I'm going to drop down here, you can go there. There's a video with all the info and stuff like that. Uh, but it's just like fantasy football. You change your lineup every week before each tournament. Pick the folks you want to win. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. There's uh, prizes up for grabs and things like that from Pelican, uh, who's uh, the main sponsor for that, man. But uh, are you got, you guys got teams? I'm sure Jay doesn't because he doesn't do anything. Nah, I didn't sign up. What, what are you waiting for, bro? Damn, turn around. My schedule's all jacked. You can sign up now, man. It's not too late. The season's split in four quarters. Oh, cool. I'll sign up for the second quarter when it comes around. Well, you can sign up now, bro. We're going to make you do it now. Right now. It's like right now. <laughs> right now. I'm just we'll, kidding, we'll talk to Brad right now. Brad. But yeah. Uh, yeah. if yeah. you guys aren't signed up, get signed up. Um I know I kind of epically bailed because I forgot to pull Catherine Field out of my lineup. Um, but I did have a few people like Casey Reed and stuff uh, cash and checks, so I got some points for that. But uh, And then the other thing is is uh, April 2nd and 3rd, we got uh, our big powwow down at uh, Dale Hollow Lake at Eastport Marina. And uh, two-day tournament, $80 entry fee. You're more than welcome to come early. Uh, I know a majority of the uh, Paddle and Fin folks will be there early as well. And uh, staying through the weekend, we're uh, partnered up with Central Tennessee Kayak Anglers for that event. And uh, um, if you guys sign up by March 1st, uh, Eastport Marina is going to give you free camping 
Um, and then also they're going to pull six names for free houseboat stays as well. Uh, right there at uh, Eastport Marina. You could stay on a houseboat, get all your lodging for free. And then if you stay all the way through the awards, they're going to do a drawing at the end of the awards. Uh, somebody's going to win a three-night stay down at Eastport whenever they want to go down there. So if you guys ever wanted to fish the wonderful lake known as Dale Hollow, world record smallmouth, the lake holds giant smallmouth as well. Um, you guys could uh, get signed up, get some free lodging and all that stuff. Um, so I will drop, uh, Jay dropped the links down there for uh, info to the marina and uh, the tourney X where you can get signed up. I want to address this too. D. Andrew Watson said, had a little trouble seeing the spreadsheet attached on Fantasizer. Maybe a mobile thing. Haven't tried desktop yet. Um, the spreadsheet should be updated on our website. If you go to paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy, that gives you all the stats from all the events last year. Um, but, uh, also, um, it does work better on desktop versus mobile. Um, I know a couple, a uh, couple of folks have had some issues with that, but hopefully that helps you out, Andrew. Um, but I know it was down for some reason for a couple of days, but I did get it all updated on the website and it should be a lot easier to use and see. Just so. dropped a link in the, uh, in the comments. Jay. There you go, Jay. Good job, Jay. Jay's finally doing his job. <laughs> I, I'm really impressed with Jay tonight. Like he's a man on fire, like dropping <laughs> links like it's his job. Well, that's the only three I got to do, so I'm good. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> right there. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, yeah, that, that info is all there. So you can go back, look at uh, last year's events, like Lake Forks on there. So when you're making your picks for this coming weekend, like that's a good tool. I utilize that quite a bit. And uh, just having some knowledge of some of the anglers fishing. Um, so it should be pretty cool. But um, I think all four of us are going to be at, at Eastport, hopefully Dustin. I'm I know trying. Dustin's kind of on the wall, but, uh, I mean – Brad, this will be your first time down there, eh? It is. It is, bud. It is, bud. <laughs> you can tell we got the Wisconsin night in the house, eh? Well, that's only because you went with the A. <laughs> eh? What are you looking forward to doing down there, man? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's going to be a good trip for me. I mean, it's going to be fun. Um, I've never fished the lake. And then afterwards, so it, it kind of just rolled into like a really weird chain of events for me. I took a new position at work that started at this Monday. So now Congrats. I'm invited to our national sales meeting, which is actually in Nashville, Tennessee, starting that Tuesday after our event. So oh, I will. I know, right? So I'm going to drive down there. I'm going to fish. Then I'm going to meet up with some of my coworkers, and we're going to go on a, a, a hog hunt down there. We're going to hunt Russian boar, and then I'm going to jump into a sales meeting. So it's going to be a whirlwind, man. I'm looking forward to catching some fish and some open water, shooting a hog, and yeah, and then you know, man. going and networking. Nashville's pretty fun too. 
Oh, Nashville's a good time. I've been there a couple times. It's not that bad of a drive. I don't know if I told this story last week. So on my way to Kissimmee, I had to drive through Nashville. And it was about, I'd say it was probably about midnight or so. And I'm driving on the interstate. And all of a sudden, this black car comes out of nowhere, almost sideswipes my trailer and truck, <laughs> had no headlights on. The dome light was on in the car. And like kind of swerved and i thought to myself this dude is going to crash and roll his car as that thought went through my brain that son of a bitch smashed into the back of a, a truck pulling a couple of cars and rolled his car and like stopped dead in the middle of traffic perpendicular to the lanes wow i was like holy shit i almost just died you think he just stole it and was like <clears throat> just boom i don't know man i don't know if he was like trying to shoot up spark oh, up a doobie or yep. what he was doing man because like i said the dome light was on but like dome. no headlights no tail lights nothing Dang. and was like just swerving all over six cars stopped and i was like i got a tournament to get to i'm gonna keep rolling so. <laughs> <Bryce>. <laughs> i got no time for your safety buddy no, I'm nuts. i gotta Stop go fish. if i if i wasn't in a hurry to get to florida like i would have stopped trust me but True. uh yeah it was wild man but yeah nashville i heard is a uh, pretty rad Nashville's a good time. I've been there two or three times now because I can make a weekend out of it. It's a it's a drive for me. It's not terrible, but I can do it in a weekend. Um, yeah. It's fun, though. Like, if you like live music, Nashville's a good time because you can just walk down the main street, st- jump into any bar, listen to music. If you don't like if you don't like who's singing, walk next door, and you have a whole different venue and a whole different artist. I mean, yep. you can find something at any given time you're going to want to listen to down there. Okay, yeah, man. Decent little food destination too. A lot of good restaurants, a lot of good smokehouses, barbecue joints, all that good stuff. Dude's like- all about the food. He's like, yeah. hear the music, bro. I want to go back and get some of that moonshine from the last time we did Dale Hollow. That was fun. That was the, that man. That's some dangerous stuff too. That's on the that's, list that of things all the to do. Right we, just need a, we need a vaccination with that stuff. I know. Like that whole experience was pretty funny. I mean, down to the six shooter. You know? Yeah, that <laughs> I was, was like, funny. Yeah, that was, it was funny. These, you know, and then fucking, what is it, Dustin and them? Like, they're always like, they're telling everybody we're from Illinois. Like, thanks. Like, you're trying to get a shot. <laughs> like, I mean, nobody nah. wants. <laughs> City slickers are. You guys town. were, oh my, when, when they said it, to, like, the tables turned around, like, oh, yeah. no. I was like, like, we're, we're, like, we're the good kind. We're the good kind. <laughs> we're the ones you want here. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> it was all good, man. No, good it was a, that was a great place. I would have just pointed at you and be like, he's a spy, he's from Illinois. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he's infiltrating. I said, like, when I moved to Tennessee, first thing I'm doing is flipping my plates. <laughs> it's the first stops at the DMV. I don't even want to deal with it. <laughs> Do you guys by chance remember the name of that little barbecue shack? I cannot. Dude, I, it, it, it like literally like a- called barbecue. I don't know. It was just like some little like old yeah. barn on the side of the road. And like, I know we were all at the ramp and Dustin's like, man, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we got our man Richard from Eastport in the chat right now. He says moonshine check music check jousting equipment check. <laughs> I, I think last, last show he was uh, saying we should do kayak jousting out, out in front of the marina. Oh, my God. <laughs> That would be something else. That would be hilarious. We're making yeah. a viral video when we're down there. <laughs> Sounds like it could be a smidge expensive, too. 
but uh no man that place was awesome like i love those little hole in the wall joints that you find on the road like going fishing tournaments or fishing destinations and i know dustin was just like man i gotta eat and i was like i think i saw some little barbecue place back up the road looking i'm looking it up right now we we all walked in there and uh definitely turned their heads because they knew we were from house barbecue country cooking is that what it is? Was that it? Yep. It been by Fairview. Yep, that's it. Yeah, because yeah, we came down at uh we went by the fork we were launched at Willow Grove uh Marina yep. that day. Yep, yep, so yep. Tea house. Tea house barbecue and cooking. Yeah, there you go. It was some good stuff, man. <laughs> good the stuff. hole in the wall. But, 294 uh, going kind of, uh through Fairview. That's the best kind of place, though. Yep. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. I mean, when you went in there, you were like, Yeah, this is it. You know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, well, the, you're like we, we found the place. We'll be you good. Could, you can tell a good barbecue place when you walk in and like you just smell the smoke, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. from them smoking meat all day. It was uh, pretty, pretty apparent. I think you could even smell it out in the parking lot, but it was good stuff, man. Yeah, that's a really good time. It was a good day. In Wisconsin, they call those supper clubs. Supper clubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me let me just make you an old fashioned while we're down there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Wisconsin's known for: supper clubs and old fashions. How about we? How about we? How about we're no? How about musky? I mean, come on, musky, grouse. I mean, we're known for other stuff other than just food and booze. Which <laughs> nothing wrong with food and booze. I mean, what else do you do all winter long? I mean, was I? I wonder. One of you guys could probably Google this. What? Uh, state between Missouri and Wisconsin has more beer breweries. It's got to be Wisconsin. I, I would. I, isn't you know, that like because Missouri? Missouri is like Budweiser and all that. Colorado's probably got more because all the microbreweries. I was going to say with microbreweries now, maybe even California might win this now. I don't. Yeah, but California doesn't count. That's like a whole nother country. Yeah, what about Shane? I don't know. Who's that guy? <laughs> I don't count Shane in that mix. He's a different breed. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's interesting. Hold on. What time is it there? Is he still sleeping? Like, has they even woke up over there yet? No, it's only so, 5. Yeah, it's 5.30 like, out there. So, Brad was right. Um, it looks like. Wait, hold California. on, hold on. Do I need to take these off? Like, I know, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not your wife the, telling you this either. California is in the lead. California is number one. Yep. For breweries? Yeah. Wisconsin is, is down there, 224. Missouri has 150. Texas has 364. Florida, 368. What's number two? Uh, oh, you're on the same list I'm on. New York. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up. Google. Craft beer New brewery. York is number Craft two? Craft beer breweries yep. in the United States in 2020, so it could have changed. What about years. major breweries, though? Uh, I'm not, I don't know about that. Well, you didn't ask that. I didn't. I just said craft beer. <laughs> For, uh, well, you got PBR, you got uh, yeah. you got uh, Line and Kugels, you got uh, yeah, I like that. I like Miller, Sandy's. Miller Summer up Shandy. in uh, Wisconsin. Summer Summer um. <laughs> you you want to know a trick about that? You take uh, <clears throat> a Summer Shanty and a mm-hmm. Berry Weiss, right? And you mix the two. Is that how it goes, Brad? You're no, Wisconsin, yeah. What know. do they call that thing? Hold, hold on. You think I drink shandy? 
<laughs> not against you, not against you here, but no, man, it ain't I'll I'll drink it in the summertime when it's yeah, hell down stuff. here. When yeah. it's hundred degrees down here, I'm all, I'll yeah, drink. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a, a summer shanty and a berry weiss. You mix the two together, and it's uh it's pretty tasty. Well, there's a name for it too, and I forgot what it is. A berry shanty. One of our breweries no, down here has some damn good, else. damn good, uh, off kilter fruit. They got a grapefruit one. that's pretty dang good. Nice. Uh, it's good in summer. It's refreshing. Those I got Arnold Palmer's, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't drink summer shandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I don't drink shandies. I don't. Yeah. That's not my beer. Yeah. This isn't a beer. This is a malt. Crack product. your Zima and drop a Jolly Rancher in a bottle. I, I, you know, if they brought back all them clear bottles of Zima, I'd buy a sixer. Hey, I would too. I'd put the dang green apple in that in that Zima and shrug it. I'd drink a six pack of them and be down. Damn. I'd even put it in my Yeti cup or, yeah. <laughs> kind of cup it is. I put it in there, and take it on the kayak. What's up, Zima? What you got in your yeti today, dude? Do a little Zima and apple. What you got? Zima and apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! You're like 12, 12 or twenty four ounce. Twenty four, bro. Twenty four. <laughs> Big daddy. Double back in the day, it was like the we get the the quartz quartz of bush. He's oh, like, God. I got some Boone's Farm waiting at the house when we get back there, too. 99 cent for a quart of bush. You talking about drink six quarts of bush and you were trashed. The old bush latte. That's like uh, that's like uh, Duke over at Catch, man. His his beer of choice is hams. Hams. Oh, yeah, Duke God. is a big hams drinker. Yep. Yeah, man, that's funny. I remember. I Natty uh, Light. I'll, I'll kill some Natty Light off for sure. I remember it was after uh, one of the Chicago fishing shows. I think it was like me, Susie, Dusty Yacker, and Duke. Maybe somebody else. Maybe Rodney or somebody. And uh, we were going to all go get some dinner and stuff. And Duke's like, oh, I got the spot, man. They got hams and mega mugs on draft. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. I woke up the next morning before the show, and I was like, I know why I don't drink hams. Yeah. Like, yeah. this headache is going to yeah, be at that point, Ham's headache. Yeah, at that point, like, PBR is like the higher rent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even, even Miller High Life. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you got to love it. Got to love it. I think I drink Keystone before I drink ham. Oh, I dude. I agree with that statement. <laughs> Keystone and Cool Light kind of taste kind of taste the same. Old Milwaukee's best. Oh, the beast! Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh, oh man, but <laughs> we're off oh, Good times, good times. Looking forward to uh, yeah, putting a few back with you boys down there at Eastport, man. It's, yeah, it was uh, a good time last time. I'm really looking forward to try to go back, try to coincide with some. Uh, Fresh plastic pickup from uh, the Jackson factory. That would make it worthwhile. Uh, if I there you go. What are you going to be getting? That. Uh, a U pick and a. U-pick. And he can't say. Um. All right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't know. I just like making noises on the podcast. Yes, me too. What do you What <laughs> are you looking forward to, yeah, Mr. U-pick. Randall, down there? Uh, I don't know. Just like. Just kick it in Tennessee, man. I love it out there. It's a, and that's a great location. Yeah. Um. I mean, as we all know, you know, it's it's out of the way, which I I mean, I really dig. And 
I mean, with all the cabins and everything and just everything that's around there too. I mean, you know, if you need to go to like a bigger store, I mean, you got like 20 minutes to go. It's, it's not too bad, yeah. <clears throat> but the lake and the river is just amazing out there. It's, it's just a good time. It's an easy way to, you just forget where you are. You know, that's it's what I like about that place. It is. It's it definitely cool. is. It's crazy dragging a trailer for all the switchbacks though around the bluffs around the lake. You see yeah. the bass boats going. I'm like, man, let me get by you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to drive there in the wintertime. I know that. Dude. Sure. Like, you know, driving those roads out there makes me want to have like more of a like mid-sized truck than a full yep. size. Like, it's just too much. Well, that snowstorm that rolled through there, uh, if you go on Esports Facebook page, they had a oh, yeah. uh, a video of all the snow falling man it was pretty pretty awesome looking but i know they had also posted that uh do not attempt to go down the hill towards the marina yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it was iced yeah. up that's a pretty steep hill going down yeah, oh dude that is the a boat serious so yeah. you get any ice you're you're screwed yeah. <laughs> that's a straight that's a straight ride in the rocks yeah i know i have uh, uh, the spike tires and stuff oh dude I had talked to Richard, and he's like, yeah, we had a snowstorm one time, so I went and bought a snowplow for my four-wheeler. It sat in the garage for uh... – <laughs> he's in the chat. He said, Jay, we already gave you a discount on the wedding. No need to suck up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But uh, he's well, like, yeah, this – <laughs> the snow snowplow sat in the garage forever and then they finally had to get it back out but yeah jay jay likes it so much he's getting married there tying the knot hey i, I mean yeah i mean you know it's it's funny because it's actually the girl picked it so i was like yeah I showed you her. had no influence on dude that? i know i showed ah. her the barn i showed her the barn she was like i'm in i'm in <laughs> I'm <good>. let's go <laughs> that's awesome when, when's the date? Uh, March 23rd of 23. 23, 23? 20, March 23rd. Really? 23. Dude, you've met her, so you know. Really? <laughs> 3, 23, 23. Oh, man. Number, I remember it. It's a numbers thing, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> man, we got Naughty Fish Martinez in the house. What's up, brother? Hope you're well. He's in Virginia. Um, he's a long-time watcher, listener. Shout out to him, man. Go check out his social medias. Um, yeah, man. Anybody got anything uh, cool coming up they want to talk about? Well, aren't we going to do some hard water fishing? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We got, we got a jail folks coming up. Yeah. Like a little known uh, singer out there in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, jail's good. Go check out jail. He's got some good stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the, coming up. We were at Dale Hollow last time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we could yeah. get Brad to come down. I was just to say I'm an hour away and I didn't even get an invite. I see how this is. What are you talking um, about? Dude, sure. I told you it's for the birthday, bro. No, nah, man. Yeah. Like, you haven't told me a thing. Two weeks. I swear to God, I told it's you his, on the phone. It's his birthday weekend, dude. I haven't heard a word about it. You got, yeah, you go back and check your messages. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brad, since uh, I guess you consider this a formal invite, let me invite you to Brian's house. <laughs> no, that should be good, dude. We'll get us some pike for sure out there. I'll bring the, I'll bring the active target on the ice shuttle. We'll play with that. 
There you go. Sweet. You've been playing with that a little bit already, haven't you? I just finally got the correct mount from Summit, so I could take the one I half-heartedly homemade off of it, and it'll actually fit through an eight-inch ice hole again. So that's plus. Nice. I mean, it's been so it's been so cold up here, and we haven't had any snow. We've got a lot of ice. I mean, I was just up on Petenwell last weekend for the Hardwater Peaks Freaks Veterans Ice Fishing um, Fundraiser, and it was fourteen to sixteen inches out on Petenwell. That's even like in, cow, the, in the channel, like the channel still at 12 to 14. That's the channel. So, it's a moving water. <laughs> it's a reservoir. It, it's yeah. moving. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. But, but no, there's still, still no. current there. There's still that's, some current. That's thick. Man, that's thick. So my homemade <clears> mount, <throat> like I had to like tip it down to get it through the ice because it sat so far off the pole and I couldn't like with the ice that thick, I couldn't even use it. So I'm excited. <laughs> I finally got the right mount from Summit so I can really try this thing out and really try to dial it in. When you did use it, how'd you like the uh, the picture from it? Like compared to what you well, you've used panoptics before. Like I had I had the original panoptics. I've used live scope. The nice the thing like there's I like both. I, there's features I like on Garmin. There's features I like on live or on the active target um, with Lorance. The one thing I like is I feel like you can get a really good picture, and there's far less settings to have to mess with. Um, there's on just the Lorance unit. On the Lorance, there's just less settings overall, and you have less messing around as you change like depths and water clarity and everything else to get a good return like it's more automatic you don't have to just fidget with it as much to try to get those good returns that's cool that's cool yeah, i know uh we all saw in shane lamont bass thumbs fishing he released his video of his kayak rig setup he's got two seven inch uh hgs lives on his kayak now and one's for the active target the other one for like you know other side scan and all that crap so it's pretty cool man go check that guy that out at bass thumbs fishing on youtube that's uh, pretty sick setup um hey brad look at your phone <laughs> <laughs> did you find that in the chat <laughs> no i just texted you to invite you to come down in a couple weekends to go ice fishing for my birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, there's been a lot of talk about that too. Like, should this live scope and pan optics and hummingbird 360 be allowed in tournament fishing? I mean, you guys got any thoughts on that? So I haven't. I I got. I didn't get my active target. I ordered it back in spring with shipping delays and everything else. I didn't get it until October. So. Nothing against Lorance, like nothing at all. Like I get it. There's delays, everything else. Um, so I didn't get a good time to play with the active target, like the live scope equivalent during open water. But I had my panoptics on my bass boat for a year and a half or two years, whatever that wound up being. Um, so <laughs> does it help you catch fish? Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're watching your lure in real time. What I found more beneficial to it, like, especially in my bass boat, and you could apply this to a kayak, was if I wanted to stay, like, a certain distance off a weed edge, like, you were doing it in re real time. Like, I found far more use out of boat positioning than I did actually fishing to this active sonar. So when I was cruising off a weed line and I wanted to stay, let's say, 10 feet off of it to work that edge with whatever bait I was using, swim bait, whatever, like I could just turn my trolling motor head and I could see exactly how far away in real time I was from these weeds. And as that weed edge moved in and out, I could constantly keep my boat positioned right off that weed edge in real time. I never ran over it. I never ran away from it. 
And the same goes like if you're fishing ledges or like certain contour lines, say I'm fishing like a break and I want to stay in, at 25 feet casting up to like 16 or something, anything, right? As I'm cruising that depth and turning my trolling mower back and forth, or however you have your transducer mounted, if you start to go deep, you'll watch it drop off instantly. If you start to come back up, you'll watch the sonar just start to rise and it's all in front of your boat. So it's really easy to work a specific depth. That's where I found it the most beneficial was for boat control. See, and that's interesting because uh, I know Shane was talking about it with his, like he said it's key because like he can hone in on rock piles, brush piles, things like that, know exactly where they're at and know that he's casting to them instead of close to them. And, <laughs> and that's kind of how he utilizes it. And then uh, uh, final cast uh, last week with, um, um uh it was josh eldridge talking with michael grimsley and he's got panoptics and he was kind of saying the same thing he said the only time he really utilizes it to to catch fish is like uh vertical jigging suspended fish you know like on the ohio river when they're going after stripers and and things like that or you know down in dale hollow when you get those uh those um you know suspended small mouse and stuff like that so like it's it seems like a lot of people are utilizing it for the aspects that you're talking about brad versus like video game fishing so to speak right um, i mean finding structure with it like your <laughs> three-in-one or your um side scan dropping waypoints then coming back and be able to like position your boat exactly to structure to you just well the one thing that was super eye-opening for me is I went out in deep, clean water and I just started throwing crankbaits and I was shocked at how they actually run in depth compared to your real, like how fast you were retrieving. Like I thought, I thought like, a, like just cranking back a DT 10, I'm like just normal retrieve, man. I had that thing like at 15 feet on like a six, to, like six, three to one. Like, and I wasn't even cranking fast. I'm like, I've been overfishing these crankbaits my entire life. And like, they've been running way deeper than I thought. It's interesting. It's interesting because, like, I know in the walleye world, right, when you're doing a lot of trolling and I've trolled crankbaits for hours upon hours upon hours. And I know there's charts out there, like, depending on the type of crankbait and how much line you have out and what depth you should be at. Um, like, a lot of the walleye guys rely on that. And I wonder if they're realizing now with, like, some of this technology that that may be inaccurate, so to speak. Um, so it's kind of interesting, man. Um, I, I, you know, my, my thoughts and feelings on it are fishing and gizmos and gadgets are going to never stop evolving. Like, how are you going to stop it? And, you know, for like tournament fishing, like how can the tournaments complain? Like, you know, you got a BA tournament when you are having guys catch these huge bags or, huge limits of fish on putting them on the boards because they're finding finding fish you know like people draw to that like yo you know kbf had this tournament over here and you know they had so many limits over 90 inches or like what was that one in texas last year where there was like yep. top 10 had over 100 inches or something you know like um people draw to tournaments like that you know what i mean but I don't, I don't think it necessarily hinders it. I think a lot of people complain because they can't afford some of that technology right now. But 
I mean, it's like anything, right? Like as it evolves, it's just going to get cheaper, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully. Um, but, um, you know, then the next new thing will be out. You know what I mean? I mean, part of it comes down to your fishing style too. Like Brian, you and I have completely different fishing styles. You know, I'm a shallow water guy. Always have been. That act, I mean, that's pretty much useless for a lot of what I like. For me, my go-to is always a shallow water. I've always been a fan of fish in shallow water and active target. I mean, yeah, there's ways to use it in shallower weeds to pick into like different weed pockets, but overall, I'm not even looking at that. Hmm. Yeah. If I didn't ice fish, I probably wouldn't own it, to be honest. I mean, just for how I fish, because I'm shallow water fisherman, I wouldn't own it if I couldn't also utilize it on the ice. Got it. I got it. Dustin, you got any of this fancy technology stuff? No, I'm I'm eyeballing Dude's it. Like sure. I got like a Helix Four, bro, from like no. '65. <laughs> like I don't need none of that. No, I run an element. You got to replace your. I use the paper a lot for uh, for salt water for chasing, <laughs> you know, structure for for bigger speckled trout, and uh, you know, picks them off here and there. But you know, it's it's works for what it is with a side scan down vision. Uh, yeah, you've been running that Ray Marine for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah, a year and a half or so. Yeah, you I got my settings it. dialed pretty good. I, it's, I make it work, but uh, yeah, I've been eyeballing those garments for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. I like to, I like the picture on those. I like the, the ease of the settings and stuff. I messed around with some, and uh, they're they're catching my eye for sure. Right on, right on. Jay, did you uh, ever set up your Lawrence? No, no, I still in the yet. box. <laughs> still in the box. It's a nice one too. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this is a great question. D. Andrew Watson says, "Is side scan useful in shallow water?" I got a Mar- Ray Marine Dragonfly right now. Jay? I mean, Jay, yeah. it depends how shallow, I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, are we talking like five feet? I mean, it's shallow. I mean, it's useful there, I think. I think, and too, like a lot of people max it out. I've read that going about like 30 to 60 is probably the best for detail and almost real-time uh, reaction. You know, 30 to 60 feet out to the left and right? You're yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, a lot of guys, because it'll go to like 120, and that's just – Yeah, it'll reach out. You know, I mean, you can do that, but I think that's more for like if you're using the boat. Deeper water. Yeah, deeper water, you're using the boat, you're going to see a lot more. But, you know, in a kayak, I mean, and you can set those to scan at the speed that you're moving. Yeah. Sure. So, and that's, that's you know, pretty key, you know, as to the operation of that as well. So I think I would say, like, for me, shallow is five and then three to Five to 12 feet foot. Up. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mainly use mine in. Uh, yeah. I run it 30, 30 foot or 40 foot on each side. <clears throat> and I use it for old... Uh, you know, pylons and, and uh, use it a lot for a uh, oyster reef, deeper oyster reef in that mm-hmm. kind of four to seven foot range. Okay. Pick apart yeah. some uh, shell with it, mm-hmm. find the ambush points and find the fish. He He's saying, uh, DeAndre Watson saying five to 12 feet. And I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Like you could definitely yeah. utilize that. Oh, and, yeah. and I think too, like it depends what your bottom's like too, right? Like if you're in a big weed it's flat true. and five foot, you may not see much, but if mm-hmm. you're in like a, a sandy bottom area and you're looking for weed patches, like, yes, that'll be a good thing. Patches or, and, yeah. and rock holes piles. Or the ditches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 
I mean, you could utilize it in a number of different ways. It's just going to all matter, I think, on on kind of what your terrain is and what your what your lake bottom's like. But yeah. mm-hmm. I usually run my Garmin at seventy feet out, and I still usually get some pretty good detail. If I really want to hone in, I'll go a little little less, like you guys are talking. Or if I'm uh, like on a new lake and I'm just cruising around, uh, I'll go out to a hundred feet. So that way I can kind of, I'll like cruise some like depths and that way I could see to the left and the right. Or if I'm looking for like weed lines, something like that. So how about you? I've I've always ran mine normally triple depth. So if I'm in five feet, I'll run it 15 to 20. If I'm in 20 feet, I'll run it off to 60. If I'm in 40 feet of water for whatever the heck I'm doing out there, I'll run it like at 120. That's kind of been my rule of thumb Mm -hmm. to try to get like the best return and image possible. Okay. That's that's interesting. I haven't heard that one before. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, but what are you going to see at 15 feet? I mean, hell, you could stand up in your kayak at that point and probably see. But I mean, when you're in five foot of water, I mean, you're not going to get a return bass set really anyways, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least not a readable return. Yeah, I can kind of see that. And is the water always going to be clear? That's true. Also, That's true. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like rare that we even see clear water. I mean, unless you got a really like rocky, sandy lake. I mean, you got any kind of mud there. You know how that goes. He's asking, is a grassy bottom looking for cleaner patches? <clears throat> yeah, I have no problem with mine. In five to seven foot of water, reading out the 40 foot, finding those clear patches in the hydrilla or in the millful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're looking for areas like between those grass patches, mm-hmm. you know, is, is kind of what he's referring to. Or, mm-hmm. or if you're at, yeah, or if you're in an area where there's no grass and there's just little sparse patches, like those things will show up. A lot of fish will hide in those areas. Yep. So, I mean, and like, you know, let's not forget, too. I mean, even though we're just talking about side scan, if you run sonar and down scan at the same time, you're going to get more detail on, you know, in the weeds, right? You're going to get the height of the weeds. You're going to know if it's super hard bottom versus, you know, um, you know, a rock bottom versus like, you know, mud and everything. I mean, there's a lot you can get out of that too. I would use them all in conjunction with each other. Yeah. And then when you learn how to read it like yeah. really well, then you can pick up the shell beds <laughs> and everything too. Yeah. 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 And I'm no expert, of course. I mean, I'm kind of like middle of the road with it, you know, it's, but I mean, I know there's people that can take the same one I got and, you know, or the one I had rather, and, you know, make it the picture look amazing and be like, Oh, that's this. And then that's that, you know, yeah, and Armando is in the chat. He brings up a good point. He says Garmin, you could run at either four hundred or eight hundred hertz. Yeah, so that'll that'll give you a you know better depiction image as well. Yeah, which is which is cool, man. Yeah, I now with it, the new UH, now with the new UHDs, I mean you're up over a thousand hertz. Yes. Yeah, for Garmin. Yeah, and I'm sure other ones as well. I'm yeah, the Raymarine's up there too for the side mm-hmm. view. Yep. Okay. I'm trying to look to see if I got any pictures that are kind of like really. Really good from my Garmin that I had. I'm sure I got some somewhere, but like this one's kind of that one's kind of cool. Um, whoa, that ain't working. Look at that stroke, whoa, whoa guy. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't working. It does not like that's, me sharing that stroke scan. That does not like me sharing it that way. Note to that's, self, never do that again. What's with the strobing, eh? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, bud. He's out there stroking it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that club vibe down as you're side scanning across the water, eh? Oh, that's funny. I mean, this was this was one of the first images I got before I started even play. This is all on auto settings when I went to the UHD on Garmin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. D- dude, you know you're a nerd when you got a picture of your own skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> what what was that skin of? Was that rocks or was that grass? That's rock. That's rock. Here, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, we'll share it again. Yeah, that's that's a rock pile, and I've got that set. That's pushing out to fifty feet, where it really starts to like when you get to lose that deterioration of your quality on that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I mean I got some similar images to that somewhere, but uh, yeah. No, it's it's interesting, man. Like I love finding like one of the biggest smallmouth I ever caught was because I saw a rock pile in I think it was like twenty five foot of water down on Table Rock. Uh while I was side scanning, I I stopped, turned, pitched a jig to that rock pile and caught a uh it was twenty and a half. Yeah, twenty yeah, and a half was, inch small. That was big bass at the tournament, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But had I not had that side scan on and, and seen that rock pile, I would have blown right past it. That's clear water, but you can't see a well, rock here, pile in 30 foot of water, you know, or 20, 25, you know, whatever it was. This is actually a good picture here for Andrew. I'll share this one. This is in six and a half foot of water, actually 6.2 feet. And I've got actually got this set up to 40 feet and, you can, and it's timber. So this will give them a good idea of what you can see on side, on side imaging in shallow water. Yeah. 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 You see it, and I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. So is it useful in shallow water? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I would even say, too, I mean, like, I remember using side scan more in deeper water, though. We're talking about 30 feet. And it's like, you know, uh, like late summer, and the bass are starting to chase shad. And you can keep track of the shad balls and watch the bass behind them. And like, in when they come up for the, bo- the bass boil at the top, you can like throw a, uh, you know, like something weightless or like, sure. you, know, or, you know, whatever, just something looks like a, a shed and bring it through that cloud and usually pick up a bass or two. So, I mean, that's another way to use that side scan. I mean, 30 feet is kind of mid range, I guess. Sure. But you used in a kayak, you can just start going in circles and watch where yeah. they're coming and then, once they come in uh, casting distance, dude, it's fun. I mean, we only get to experience for like about an hour. Right. It's, it's like an hour, maybe 45 minutes to an hour. You can actually enjoy that. And then yeah. it just goes away. <laughs> yeah. I had that experience once. It was a year later on Table Rock Lake and there was, you know, shad spawns going off in the morning and you could see those balls and the smallmouth coming up through them. One another big bass on a smallmouth just uh, throwing a kayak into those balls and letting it sink a little bit and slow reeling it in. And then those fish were just coming up and hammering mm-hmm. it, dude, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, you could see, you could see all kinds of stuff. Um, the biggest recommendation I would say is like, if you're getting a new unit, whether it be Garmin, Hummingbird, Ray Marine, whatever, go and do a bunch, watch a bunch of YouTube videos on like, 
settings, what images should look like. So that way you know what you're looking at when you actually see it on your graph on the water, man. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely like do that. I know there's like a, a ton of folks out there on YouTube that like totally geek out on the settings and, um, we'll go through and show you images. So you know exactly what you're looking at when you're out there on the water, man. That's huge. Cause I know when I first got my Garmin, Jesus, like 2018, 2019, something like that. You know, that's what I did. I went and watched a bunch of videos, so I knew what I was looking for. And now it's just like second nature. I've been using it that long. And I will say, man, like when I upgraded to side scan, like, and that's why I had bought the Garmin initially, like it changed the way I fished and it gave me more success on the water because I could see those things I was actually looking for. I don't know if any of you guys have like same experience, but I mean, okay. good story. Like, well, no, like you go to a new lake or even your home, your home lake. Right. And you don't have any of these tools to like, find, like, especially when you start talking deeper water, sure. trying to find out rocks and timber or like, if you're fishing like an old, like a reservoir that they, or some sort of dammed up lake where it's got old, yep. like, logs that they, like, right. I mean, we were fishing. We we were fishing that lake. Um, what was that? Two years ago in spring, Brian, and we, we went over the top of an old farmhouse. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. old house foundations and stuff too. Yeah. Silos, right. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't have side imaging, it's going to take you an extremely long time of like going in ten feet of water. You're what is what's the standard cone? About ten feet around, if I remember yeah. right. I mean, it's about one on. It's about one to one there. So I mean, if you're in ten feet of water, you're only able to see ten feet around you. It's going to take a lot of back and forth when if you're looking 50 feet, 40 feet out past you, yep. you and on both sides now. So yeah. now instead of looking at 10 feet, water. you're looking at 80 feet of water. Sure. I mean, it makes such a huge difference in dropping waypoints on your map so you can come back over the top of yep. them and fish the correct structure. Electronics are unique, man. And one other feature that I use on my Garmin, and I know Hummingbird has it, and I believe Lawrence as well, where it's that remapping feature so like it'll redraw all the contour lines on your maps and it'll record as you go over things so like when i go to a new body of water like that's the first thing i do when i take off at the launch is i start recording and it'll start remapping the lake for me because i learned this because i remapped my home lake here and i got probably 90 percent of it all remapped like the whole 288 acre lake and when i did that i found these subtle things these small points uh little ditches like things like that that i would have never known they were there because it doesn't show up on a paper mat and uh once i did that man it it, it totally changed it up oh damn perry's in the house in we're talking electronics so he's like oh, i gotta get in on this in here for a minute <laughs> just gave the kid a bath there you go man there you go but uh yeah i mean the the electronics man it's it's such a huge thing and you can find those subtle differences that aren't going to show up on a typical topographic map if you're remapping a lake you know so one i like that on my garmin lorance my fs9 elite does one thing even like does two things really cool when you're looking at the map you can overlay water temperature like so in spring when you're looking for warm water as you cruised over it'll build you a temperature map also, That's what badass. I can do is I can, so this is even cooler. So it'll take the, it'll take your side imaging and it will convert your map 
to being a 3D side image scan map rather than depth lines. Hmm. Ooh. So as you're cruising around and you're and you're and you're checking What's, watching uh... your side scan, like you can it'll actually turn your map into what the area you have scanned showing you all the different details. So when you look at your map, now it's instead of just being this 2D very inanimate object, you're actually looking back at your old side scan structure everywhere you've been. Is that the Elite FS9? Correct. With the three in one transducer? Correct. Mm. Mm. So I, st I didn't even know it had that feature when I bought it. And I'm like, and I started playing with it. I'm like, what's going on with my map here? And as it got more along, I could see what was happening. I'm like, no, this is cool. What electronics are you running, Dan? Uh, Garmin 93 SV. Nice. If you want to sell your Garmin, I'll, I'll buy it, man. I'll, I'm ready to have two screens. <laughs> you want to pull a little amount? <laughs> no, I, I actually, I, I think I'm gonna get a seven, and then put them, like either build them out or have somebody build me a mount where I could do both at the same time. Nice, nice. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about that, or just having a seven, you know, on my predator, having a seven up front, and then way off to my side, I have all I have the nine. So just being able to look where it fits on my kayak, having both at the same time. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to take you like a half hour to set the thing up before you put it in the water. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah, the, the Laurent Elite FS9 uh, with the 3-in-1 is retailing for $13.50. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Don't tell my wife. Because <laughs> I might have two of them. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jesus. I know after this shotgun, I, I will have some money burning in my pocket, so it's just possible <laughs> I might just go ahead and get that uh, forward-facing uh, live scope and all that good stuff. I'm just, uh, I'm just interested in that whole remapping with the temperatures and the That's 3D side cool. scan. Come out in spring. I have it all set up on the big boat, and so I can switch it to the kayak, but we'll go out in the big boat so you can see it real time. So if 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 you have the three-in-one transducer, you also have to get the active target transducer, right? So the three, so your three-in-one is your standard side-down traditional. If you want active target, then yes, you will need the active target transducer. The three-in-one transducer is not an active target. It's not a live imaging sonar. And if you gotcha. see some of the boats that have just came out of the dugout, yeah. you can see some of those mounts that are available. They're using like on Lambert's and Christine's boats and all them. Uh, yeah. Some pretty neat mounts they got coming out that are, are adapting to kayaks. And very versatile and user-friendly. Huh. Doesn't it seem like those are kind of far away on the Hobie? Yeah. Yeah, it... I mean, because mine is, I mean, I, it's its not like I'm trying to, you know, say I'm not with a kayak company. It's not like I'm yeah. putting down Hobie. They're, they're great. But it just seems like those graphs, although they're big and there's two of them, it, it seems they're like a they're little, a little bit far away. Yeah. Yeah. I like mine a little closer. Yeah. I, 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 I got everybody's preference, I guess, too. Yeah. yeah. On Old Town, they at Navarra Kayak Fishing, they sell where the handle is, and you can replace that handle and. Uh, it's got like a track mount there 
And so my graph is like literally right to the right of me. I, I, I love it being so close. Because they're putting those right behind the hatch, right? On the Hobie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. they put an H-rail. Or, pretty far, dude. I think that's what it's called. Like right there in front of the hatch. Uh, above the sail mast. The, mm-hmm. That hole where that is. Yeah. yeah, they're putting two of them up there. I guess huh. for me, like, and Dan, you fish out of a bass boat plenty of times too, I know. I mean... If I was running two, I would like one up there for when I'm standing. I mean, to me, that picture's that. To me, in my head, now I'm on a bat. I like on my old casting deck, my old Ranger. But I'd still want one close enough to me that I can adjust and tweak and tune and play with as I'm cruising with the structure. Like, I don't want to be reaching five feet in front of me always. But standing up, I could see one being farther forward. Yeah. That's true. Especially with active imaging. When you're talking about active imaging. I could see that. that. that, That's a good point. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, well, you got the pedal drive there too, so you're still kind of a little further back, even if you're standing, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. when I had my PA14, I had my Garmin 9 inch basically like with an arm reach off to my right, being a right handed yeah. angler. Being a right handed angler, I like to net fish on my left. That's just what I prefer. Yep. So I put mine on the right so it's out of my way to net fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do the same thing. Like on my new canoe, I my graphs on the right, I net on the left. Like I put all my extra mm-hmm. attachments and all that crap on my right. So, I have my rudder control on the left. That's why I put my graph on the right, so I could do both. You know, do both. Yeah, yeah. Either side. Do the same thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. left hand, left side for my fish finder, <clears throat> and I net my fish on either side. I got enough room. Ooh, ambidextrous. Watch and, out. Ambidextrous. Yeah. I can net fish. Yeah, either either way. <laughs> Pretty lucky to be the ambidextrous type. <laughs> hey man, uh, by the way, that uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you have the best, the best jerseys in the game, man. Oh, don't even <laughs> that new last, one I got. That's like Miami Vice on crack. Last dude. year and now this. I thought last year blew my mind, and now this oh, year the dude, Mexican blanket. Yeah, it was. I kind of <laughs> caught Jeff Isham had one done, but I just kind of went louder with the colors. And then you saw a uh, freaking kayak cushion made me a cushion to match it, dude. Yeah. That's huh. badass. But now this one I just got is like, holy cow. It's like Miami Vice and freaking Qbert had a baby or something. <laughs> Qbert? Wow. Dude, Qbert, man. Yeah, You're aging one. yourself. Nobody's going to know what that is. <laughs> Word. I love that game. Tempest, whatever, all them games. Tron. <laughs> Next year I want Paradise or Thunder in Paradise. I want a Thunder in Paradise theme. Yeah, but he the whole brick, the wall with the bricks, and it goes to checkerboard, and there's like palm tree silhouette in the background. It's like, man, Market Glover is Glover designed in those. They've done all my jerseys. They they do sick jobs. That was amazing, man. Yeah, it turned out really sharp. Thank you. It looked badass. You won't miss me. I'll tell you that. I got new ones on the way, but they're not here yet. Yeah, sweet. I just went like kind of. The uh, contour line, background, blue, black kind of color, and then just all the logos, you know. It's kind of plain, Jane. I didn't want to go all out like doo-doo. See, that, I don't have that, that kind of contour line jersey started from my my truck wrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Glover took that design and made a jersey for that. It's still on their site, actually. That was a pretty good one too. He they, they nail everything. I sent him an idea and they freaking nail it. <laughs> That's awesome. What's uh what's how do people find them if they want to check out their jerseys? Oh, uh, what is it? 
me look it up real quick. I want to say it's just www.gloverdesign.com. Okay. Right on. Let me, let me, no, it's uh, gloverdesignllc.com. There you go. There you go. I'm looking for the picture right now, your jersey. I can show that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, the one from last night. Yeah. The new you, one? yeah. Yep. There, I got it. I got it. Let me uh, share it up here. Oh, yeah. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> Bam. That's like some graffiti art right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look at the name. It's like, Pink airbrush. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wrong way. Pretty crazy. Yeah. That turned out awesome, man. Good Different. Job. Extra. Is like all I says. <laughs> Extra. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That came out badass. Very cool, man. Well, we're over an hour, boys. Uh, final thoughts. We'll start with Brad, then we'll go to Dustin, then Dan, then... Uh, Mr. Randall. I'm just looking forward. I'm looking forward to Dale Howell checking out Eastport Marine, getting together with all you guys, fishing some open water again. I mean, that's really what I'm looking forward to right now. I'll just hang out the rest of the winter, do some fishing, do some hunting. For what's still open and, but yeah, I'm looking forward to April. Sweet. Doo-doo. Yeah, same here. Looking getting through this uh, maintenance shutdown at work. Uh, Crazy hours, just not many days off. Um, get back on the water, get back in tune with the water, and then uh, hopefully make it work out and come to Del Hollow myself. Dustin's Hang out with the fellas, catch some fish. I enjoyed that uh, the river section over there, but I, I definitely got a you know a score Check to settle the with the, uh, the, the the big water smallmouth. Yeah, I got a score to settle with them. There we go, <laughs> Mr. Perry. Yeah, just uh, good luck and. And be safe to everybody down there in Texas fishing the, the fork event. It's a, it's pretty ugly conditions, but somebody's somebody's gotta make you know win some money. But there you go. Hope everybody brings a splash bag and it's safe out there. Yep. Heck yeah, for sure. Mr. Randall. What? <laughs> As usual. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm looking forward, man, just to get out and you know ice fishing for. I'm going to say the last time for a while, maybe, um, you know, and then getting down to Dale Hollow and relaxing a bit. Word. Word. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody that tuned in tonight uh, in the show notes. If you guys jumped in late, we'll have the links to the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League. Get signed up. Get your picks in before tomorrow night at 10 p.m. for this week. Uh, we'll also have links to Eastport Marina and the Dale Hollow event. Get signed up. If you sign up early, you get free camping or you can get in a drawing uh, to um, uh, get free lodging in a houseboat, which is pretty stellar. Thanks to the folks at Eastport Marina partnered up with Central Tennessee Kayak Anglers for that event. So it should be a lot of fun. I know uh, I think I saw two people sign up today and we've already had a few so signups are getting in there you got to sign up early by march 1st in order to uh get in the free lodging drawing so uh get signed up early and uh hope to see everybody there and as always boys and girls we will see you next week thursday seven central eight eastern five o'clock out on the west coast till next time tight lines
smooth paddle. Pretty 